0: That as is moderator for tonight's broadcast. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul, Let's Be Reasonable. The sign at the entrance to the range does not just say welcome. It says welcome home. It's high noon for Wednesday, September 29th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and get her at I'm your Moderator. The substack is I'm your and the merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. Also, brand new designs up on the website, on the merch site, I should say. Made a great one last night based on a quote that uh, Trump said at his speech. On Saturday, he said, they say I have a big mouth. I don't have a big mouth. I have a mouth that tells the truth. So really proud of that design. Go check it out. Kind of looks like an old school punk rock T-shirt. That was what I was going for. At least you can tell me if it looks terrible. If that's the sort of person you want to be. <laughs> ah, you know, just go get some merch if you want. Today is the 252nd day of Barack Obama's third term, as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist, dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies! You say you're telling the truth, you say you know the truth, but you don't know the truth and you can't understand the truth because you can't handle the truth. You imagine that you got all the adults in the room, and you're one of them, and you go into the room thinking, hello, my fellow adults. And then you all spontaneously know at a certain point that it's time to do earmuffs. Okay. Hey, adults, let's all agree that we're just not going to be prepared to hear these things for a while. (laughs) We better protect each other from the bad words. Let's all do earmuffs. (laughs) I hope you guys are remembering this from old. I think it's from old school, right? Vince Vaughn and his kids, he would just tell them to do earmuffs when his jackass friends were saying adult words about adult topics. That's what we have going on in America right now. All the adults got in the room, and at the same time, they were like, oh, earmuffs. Oh my God, they're talking about the vaccine, earmuffs. Oh my God, they're talking about the election, earmuffs. Holy moly, someone's about to say masks don't work. Hey, everybody, earmuffs! Earmuffs! And then all the adults in the room look around at each other and they think, oh, man, thank goodness I'm in here with these adults. Everybody knew it was time for earmuffs. Whew. Got a censor. Got a censor. Got to make sure that no one can hear the wrong things. We don't want everyone else just growing up and saying the no-no words. So we're going to protect them from hearing the no, no words in the first place, you know, like adults do to other adults all the time. That's not what adults do only to small children who literally can't handle the truth. No, it's what very responsible, educated, informed, morally sound adults do as a favor to other adults. They make sure that no one has to hear the no-no words because they understand how important it is that other adults won't go around saying the no-no words and, you know, setting a bad example for for everyone else. Honestly, thank God for these adults, right? So the reason I'm talking about this is because now YouTube has banned uh, Joseph Mercola and Robert F. Kennedy Jr., for saying the no-no things about the vaccines that don't work, right? And we know the vaccines don't work because everywhere in the world where there is a high uh, saturation of vaccine use, the COVID cases are out of control. And, of course, who knows what a COVID case is at all anymore, right? The tests don't work. We know that. So people are going into a hospital – for a condition that is being called COVID and they are having absolutely terrible results among the vaccinated population, which again is why so many people like me and like most of you didn't take the vaccine because there's absolutely no proof that the vaccine works and there's absolutely no proof that the underlying disease it's meant to treat us for could actually kill us, right? Unless you're in a very specific demographic COVID-19 is not going to kill you, okay? I am a 42-year-old man in totally decent, probably above average, maybe well above average. I don't know. I don't know what other people's health is like. I don't live in their bodies. I do know that my lower back makes me want to uh, snuff it every day, but I don't because it's just a lower back. It'll get figured out eventually. But, you know, as far as health problems go, I'm doing pretty great. far as I know. Can't know for sure, can you? But the coronavirus, COVID-19, almost definitely, almost definitely cannot kill me. So I don't need a vaccine for it. If I get it and it does kill me, I'd be like, well, that's too bad. But the vaccine wouldn't have helped because my chances of dying Already just with normal, natural immunity for a normal, healthy 42-year-old man. Already better than what the vaccine can do. And with none of the drawbacks of getting an experimental gene therapy blasted into my arm. Okay? Pretty simple. But you're not allowed to say that online. Especially not on YouTube. In fact, YouTube has now banned all conversation of that variety youtube is taking down several video channels associated with high profile anti-vaccine activists including joseph mercola and robert f kennedy jr who experts say are partially responsible for helping seed the skepticism that's contributed to slowing vaccination rates across the country now this is not the whole thing just a side comment here They are concerned about slowing vaccination rates across the country. Is that what they're really concerned about? Okay, that's what you got to think about. How many months ago did they tell us that they had already done like 300 million doses of the vaccine? They had these extraordinary numbers. Everybody was taking the vaccine. They they just loved it. Selling like hotcakes. Everybody wants the vaccine. Apparently those numbers have slowed Joe Biden in his speech on September 9th, where he was screaming that the unvaccinated are uh, creating an existential danger to the vaccinated. I guess just advertising how well the vaccine works. He talked about how in August there had been four million doses of the vaccine more than July. Shot into people's arms. He was very proud of himself. Didn't seem like the vaccine numbers were slowing then. Perhaps they are now. Perhaps the entire thing has changed in these 20 days. It's possible. It's possible. Otherwise, the hell are they talking about? I thought we had to always say that the vaccine was being accepted by everybody except conspiracy theorists. It's weird that the rates have slowed. There's a survey out today, actually, that says... 65% of Americans don't think that anyone should have their job put at risk because they don't want the vaccine. Well, that's pretty much two thirds of the country. Sounds like the commies are really losing out. Let's go back to this little snippet here. As part of a new set of policies aimed at cutting down on anti-vaccine content on the Google owned site, YouTube will ban any videos that claim that commonly used vaccines approved by health authorities are ineffective or dangerous. The company previously blocked videos that made those claims about coronavirus vaccines, but not ones for other vaccines like those for measles or chickenpox. Okay, so any content that you put up that says that vaccines don't work as well as they're supposed to or that they are dangerous gets taken down. You are not allowed to say these things. The adults in the room have decided earmuffs for everyone hey sorry fellow adults we're the uh, adults in the room you guys are fellow adults too trust me i am not going to treat you like children at all at all that is not my intention because i am an expert and an authority i would never do something so demeaning to you but i am an expert so now you have to listen to me and actually after you listen to me You have to agree with me. And if you're really good and you promote my message for me, well, then you'll get a reward. You understand? Adults, you know? Okay, now, as long as we're on the same page, adults, earmuffs. Sorry, the no-no people are saying the no-no things, about the very safe and very effective vaccines that almost everyone is taking except for conspiracy theorists. And now no one is dying from the coronavirus or getting the coronavirus because we have given them this vaccine. Oh, wait. Oh. Oh, only the people who are getting vaccinated are dying from coronavirus? Is that true? Oh, it is true? Okay, so wait a second. Let me... uh, Rewinds. Okay, good thing everybody has earmuffs on. Don't want anybody to hear this stuff. The coronavirus vaccine is very safe and very effective. Ninety-five percent effective. That's what the trials said. Oh, the trials were in in March. And now everybody needs a uh, a booster shot or wait, two booster shots. And okay, but. Right after people get the shots, that means that they're fully vaccinated. Oh, no, it's two weeks after that. Okay. So if they get uh, infected or they go to the hospital with any problem at all within those two weeks, are they vaccinated or no? Oh, they're not vaccinated. Okay. So then if they have those problems within two weeks, then the problems are among the unvaccinated. Okay, cool. Understand. Understand. I'm with you so far. So these people that just got the shot, they are unvaccinated. Great. Okay. And so if they're sick, then the unvaccinated are sick because the unvaccinated are them. Okay. So what is the uh, measure of vaccine effectiveness then? All right. Can you just answer me that? Because that's what I want to know. I need to, the adults, they're all still earmuffs. It's just you and me here talking, right? Just give me the answer so that I can figure out a way to tell it to the adults who are all doing earmuffs right now. The vaccines are very safe and effective. I remember you saying that back in March. 95% effective, right? All over the world. Israel was so happy with the Pfizer vaccine. Oh, look, everybody's vaccinated because we forced them. Now we don't have any coronavirus. We have eliminated it. Oh, Israel's one of the worst. Oh, Gibraltar. Gibraltar's like 97% vaccinated or something. They got to be crushing the coronavirus. Oh, no, no, no. They're the, they're the worst too. Singapore? Worst? Oh, yeah. Okay. So basically everywhere where there's a lot of vaccine, it's the worst. Okay. So the thing is, the adults in the room, they are getting a little upset that I still have them on earmuffs. Can I let them come off of earmuffs at least? Okay. Hey, adults in the room. So glad you didn't hear any of that stuff. Here's what we're going to do. You just understand that the adults in the room have it under control. The vaccine is very safe, very effective. Don't worry about it. Now we're going back to earmuffs. All right. So YouTube has decided that all of the adults in the Democrat Communist Party, in the party of false decorum, in the group of people, who feels a public responsibility to lie to their friends and family about what's going on, those people, those very responsible adults. They have earmuffs. Got to protect them. Got to protect them from the no-no words. If they know other people are saying the no-no words, then they might feel free to say the no-no words themselves. And as the adults in the room, well, people might listen to them. YouTube is almost at the point where they're like, hey, we got all the adults in the room. Hey, adults, just for one more second. Sorry, earmuffs. Okay, everybody has the earmuffs now. And now I'm going to whisper to one of the other adults in the room, like Anthony Fauci. Hey, tell them about the V-A-C-C-I-N-E. Okay, adults, you can take the earmuffs off. All right, we're good now. Fauci comes on. Oh, the vaccine is very safe and very effective. Sorry, that was my Bernie Sanders. It gets confusing. All these old evil communists, they start sounding, sounding the same. The adults in the room are preventing other adults from engaging certain subjects altogether. You are not. Allowed to create vaccine doubt on YouTube, even if the doubt is created naturally by an honest and truthful reporting of facts. Okay, you are not allowed to say things that map directly onto reality because it does not suit the needs of Google, the Democrat Communist Party, global communism and the pharma companies who are all happily working hand in hand. You are no longer allowed to talk about these things. How do you like that, adults? And hey, if you are actually sick of being treated like a child by a bunch of child-brained little communists in Silicon Valley, you're talking about like 34-year-old millennials who cannot wait to watch The Bachelor. They spend their day at work discussing The Bachelor. And then they go home to their little pod at night. And they put on Netflix. And they order Uber Eats. And they say things like, yes. Those people are allowed to silence you. And that seems normal. If you're sick of that, well, migrate back to America. Come on down to the range. Just leave all of these stupid and evil communist ideas behind, okay? You don't need protection from words. And with that, I would love to extend a warm Wednesday, high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, commies! I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here because ultimately what I want, commies, is to reroute your brain just slightly. I'm telling you I'm doing it. I'm not like the news that's going to continue tricking you for years on end until you believe absolutely nothing correct about the real world. That is not my goal whatsoever. I'm here To be on your side, in as much as me doing that can bring you onto our side. Right out in the open, cards are on the table. Take them or leave them. But if you're going to take them, then you got to be on down at the range and you got to help out. You got to make amends with all those people you were awful to. And then just try to help us, you know, restore America from this cold grip of communism that you have helped us nearly fall to as a society one of the greatest societies in world history and you are helping to speed along our decline by embracing communism because you're too lazy to look outside your front door that's what we have here that's what's going on okay now i hope That Joseph Mercola and Robert F. Kennedy, Jr. have built enough fortified alternate spaces for themselves so that they can continue to communicate with their audiences. That is very important because they are both very good resources for information about vaccines, for sure. And about other damage caused by the public health community, Robert F. Kennedy, Jr., has a book coming out about Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci is a straight-up Nazi doctor, as I have been saying for a very long time. And no one will have doubts about that after you get through RFK Jr.'s book. I have not read the book, but I am assured of what its contents are, okay? I think I can say that on pretty good authority. These sites do not want anyone to know about that book or that book's contents because that would speed the collapse of their narrative, okay? The end is certain. People are going to know that Anthony Fauci is, in fact, a Nazi doctor. He handled the AIDS crisis terribly. He is responsible for the deaths of thousands and thousands of people back then. And he picked the gay community as a target. How do you like that, social justice warriors? He's also been responsible for the collapse of economies and the stunting of growth of a generation of American children. All of this is Anthony Fauci's doing in large part. You have to understand that. Anthony Fauci has been lying to the public about the coronavirus Since the very beginning, since day one, nearly everything out of his mouth has been a lie. He was steering the ship in terms of public opinion in mainstream culture. And it's like he was in an old arcade game, an old Nintendo game, like he was just uh, playing RC Pro-Am. And he thought the point of the game was to hit every oil spot on the track. Oh, my car is spinning around into the wall again. (laughs) That's Anthony Fauci. That's what Anthony Fauci has done to the world. And he is going to be exposed. But what is anyone doing on YouTube anymore or on Facebook or on Instagram or on Twitter? And yeah, that's right. The whole thing was a setup so I could do this again and remind you all. This is crazy. Okay. Okay. The longer you stay on those platforms, the more you compromise your ability to talk to your audience. All right. Encourage the content creators that you value to begin to set up alternate profiles on other platforms. All right. If you're not a content creator, encourage the content creators you like to move to other platforms. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter will cut you off with no notice whatsoever, okay? You're just done. And then what? If you haven't set up alternate places for people to view your content, then you are running the risk of having your voice silenced at any moment, okay? And of course, they're giving you the rope to hang yourself. Stop being stupid and walking into this trap. And I'm not saying that necessarily about Mercola or Bobby Kennedy, all right? But if it applies to them, then I'm saying it to them too. It is what it is, okay? You are advancing toward an enemy's trap, all right? You're not just on the enemy's territory, you're not battling anyone there, really you're walking toward a trap and they're allowing you to walk into it, all right? Yes, they could have silenced everybody nine months ago and then people would have set up alternate platforms. And right now you would be just as prominent on those platforms as the old ones if your content was that valuable. You would be able to monetize, maybe not as much, but in a better way, in a stable way where you're not just gonna get snipped the next day. You're walking into a trap. They want you to fall in the trap. The longer it takes everybody to leave legacy social media and establish a presence on the new sites, the more you compromise your ability to communicate with your audience because you are conditioning your audience to stay on those sites and you are comfortable yourself on those sites. Oh, you monetize them. Oh, that's where your followers are. Oh, you want to reach the broadest possible audience. You watch them change the numbers on Joe Biden's videos. They just scrub the likes and dislikes to try to make it look more advantageous to the fake president. You think they can't fool you about your numbers? Just up and down. Oh, I'm shadow banned. Oh, now I'm not. Ooh, I guess I did something to get shadow banned. My numbers dropped. Guess I better not do that thing anymore. So you silence yourself. You actually help close the Overton window rather than open it. You're like, oh, I guess these ideas are outside. That's Alex Berenson's problem. He tried to toe the line for months and months and months and months and months. Then Twitter just cut him. That's it. Oh, Alex Berenson you're done now. Tried to stay in the party of false decorum. Tried to do it. Tried to limit himself. Silenced himself. Didn't tell the whole truth because he was worried about getting silenced. And what happened? Well, you didn't tell the whole truth. You actually shrunk the Overton window and now you're silenced anyway. Congratulations. What a good job you've done. What a good job you've done. You wanted to stay in the room where the adults are. (laughs) How is no one seeing through this? And like why I feel like I'm the only person on our side of things stating this simple truth, okay? And this is simple. There isn't a complicated, convoluted explanation that makes this make sense, all right? If you're on Instagram, if you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Twitter, you are hurting yourself and the movement, period, period. They are stealing your data they are manipulating your mind into demoralization okay that is their goal and you are helping them achieve their goal while you are making our goal harder and harder to attain because you have not fortified your own presence if you are a con- uh, a content creator And if you are a consumer of content who's not encouraging these people to leave because you're staying, well, you're the incentive for them to continue on the legacy social media platforms. Oh, everybody just watches me on YouTube. My whole audience just watches me on YouTube. Okay, for now. And then what happens when you say the wrong thing and then your audience doesn't watch you on YouTube? and your audience didn't figure out how to watch you on Rumble or Gab TV or one of the many alternate sites. That's what you chose. That is bad for what we are trying to accomplish. All right? It's also bad for your mind. Their point is your demoralization, okay? Information war. That's what it is. You lose when you are demoralized. And I talk to demoralized people All the time. Not totally demoralized, but people who are on the verge of being demoralized. People who have never really had strong faith in this project from the beginning. You know, and that's okay. People have their doubts. People will come to different points at different times. But the point over there isn't to simply shut everyone down and silence and ban everybody. If that was the point, they would have done it right away. Okay? The point now is to present you with the illusion. that you are consuming free speech on those platforms. Oh, you get to watch Anzero Molly videos. Oh, Anzero Molly. he's very edgy. He calls Trump Grandpa Moderna. Oh, so edgy. But he's not a liberal. He's not a communist. Don't worry. You're talking to a real genuine conservative right there. Oh, he's very active. Oh, he's encouraging your action. Oh, hey, Q, that was Operation Trust. Trump, he's Grandpa Moderna. Why? Because his campaign got $2 million. Million dollars. Whoa, he's so rich now. The billionaire just added $2 million onto his total in his campaign. Oh, (laughs) now he's just doing Moderna's bidding. He changed his name to Grandpa Moderna. Ooh, and Zero Molly. So edgy. You think you're viewing edgy content. Someone on our side just giving you the cold hard truth. Nope. The reason he's still monetizing his sites, the reason Instagram keeps him up is because he's demoralizing people. He is blackpilling people. He is not part of of the cause. He is not working for the same things that you are. And if he's too dumb to realize that, well, that's his business. That's how he ends up making content that says things like Grandpa Moderna. Ooh, isn't it funny? Grandpa Moderna. Ho, 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 ho. What a hilarious name. As he demoralizes you. Because Trump got $2 million. His campaign got $2 million. So now he's sold out to big pharma. These clowns. They're allowed to stay on the platforms for those reasons, okay? And that gives you the illusion that there are countervailing voices on that site. There aren't. If you are on those platforms, you are serving the needs of big tech and global communism, period, okay? Period. You keep people's engagement levels high by your presence, all right? That makes them feel like the... Apps are good for them to stay on. Everybody is addicted to attention. Everybody is addicted to the community. Oh, I have my community. This is how I stay in touch with people. Okay. Well, what is your real life then? Do you have any real friends? Are they just on Instagram? Would those people stay in touch with you if you were no longer on Instagram? If the answer is no then what does that say about you and your self-worth? You are going to subject yourself to tracking and censorship and psychological abuse because you are scared to admit that the people you interact with on Instagram are not your real friends. They don't care about you. All right. If that's the case, what are you doing? Are you a masochist? Honestly, I know it feels like you're going to be missing out on a part of culture. That is true. Okay. I'm not trying to trick you and tell you that the other platforms are just going to replace those platforms and serve the exact same functions in your life and give you the exact same kind of superficial satisfaction that you are getting off those sites. I'm not trying to say that. I know that's not true. You are going to have to give up your connection to that mainstream culture. And as soon as you do, a couple weeks later, you'll realize, oh, wow, that wasn't serving me at all. It only is upsetting. It is doing that for a reason. Guys, you have to understand. Okay. You have to understand the power that these social media companies have over your psychological well-being, all right? I know you think, oh, I'm cognizant of all of that. I understand the manipulations. I factor all that into how I feel. That's how I know that they are not manipulating me effectively. I get it, okay? You're the one. You're the chosen one. You're the one that the tech companies with all their artificial intelligence, with all their data tracking, with all their algorithms to know exactly who you are and what you do and what you like. You're the one who is invulnerable to it. Got it. Got it. I used to work for a social media company. I used to take meetings about social media. I wanted to understand the platforms. I wanted to understand the algorithms. I had a friend in Hollywood who's a data guy. And he would... Uh, construct campaigns, marketing campaigns. He would do the data analytics and then suggest marketing strategies and marketing tools based on those data analytics. And he would study a whole lot of different things, right? Because there are different uh, life factors, mental factors, emotional factors that might make you go see an action movie over a uh, a tear-jerking drama, right? He used to track things as specific as whether or not someone was headed down the path toward divorce. And it turns out, he told me, that they could predict with 90-plus percent accuracy who might be getting divorced within the next year. And the way they did that was by noticing differences in people's patterns on cell phone usage or how long they spent away from their home, okay? Or the routes that they took to get home from work, what kinds of places they might visit as changes in their habits, okay? The things they might buy at grocery stores. It really is that in-depth and that crazy, okay? On whatever level you can possibly think about this problem, every single factor involved that you can come up with, you're not the first person to have thought about this problem. Okay? They literally pay people to think about these problems and they make up computer programs to consider these very problems so that they can get answers that aren't immediately accessible to you the first time you think about it. Oh, you know, these, these, I know that they track me, but these platforms do not know about me like that. They can't influence me like that. I'm aware of what they do. (laughs) Okay. I mean, okay. What can you say to that? It's just wrong and it's obviously wrong. Look at what they do. Look at the effectiveness. They tell you what you're doing and you still won't believe them because you're the invulnerable one. Get off. Legacy social media. It is not a battlefield. You're not getting work done. You're not convincing people. If you are convincing people on there, you could be doing it better simply by taking your interaction with that person to a different platform. Rather than hammering every day, trying to spend hours every day getting one or two people to finally turn around and be like, you were right the whole time after six months. Just be like, hey, why don't you just come on Telegram? Join this one Telegram thread. Just check into it like every week. See what you think about it. You know, just see what the person's saying. If you think they're wrong, try to disprove them. You get one person to do that, that person's going to be flipped in two weeks. Or... You can spend the next six months explaining how your meme wasn't racist, which is what you do on Instagram. Oh, it's such a valuable interaction. I really convinced them that my meme wasn't racist. Oh, really? Did you do more than say, yeah, that meme is not racist? Because if you did do more than that, then all of those things you did were a waste of time. Because that is a ridiculous condition to be operating under. You post a meme and now you need to spend six hours. Convincing a bunch of child-brained communists that your meme isn't racist and that's a valuable use of your time? No, that is a valuable use of your time to Instagram. Instagram is the beneficiary of the value you are adding, okay? It's not the person you're talking to and it's most definitely not you. So who else could it be? Well, it's a social media company. What's the social media company's product? Your data. What are you giving them? your data, are they tracking your conversations? Yes, they are. In a future with a social credit score, is it a good thing or a bad thing that you are giving all your data to tech companies you know want to destroy you? Good thing or bad thing? Simple question, right? What happens when some really absolutely urgent, critical piece of information comes out and no one on the legacy social media platforms can share it with their audiences because the legacy social media platforms shut down every single post and everyone who might say it. Well, you can just look at the election last year, right? They shut down any talk of the Hunter Biden laptop shortly after the election last year, 16% of Biden voters said they would have voted otherwise had only they known about Hunter Biden's laptop. 16%. Now, why didn't they know about Hunter Biden's laptop? Well, because your complicity in the success of the legacy social media platforms has helped to gain the legacy social media platforms a monopoly on the public conversation. So... As someone who cares about these issues, as someone who understands how dire the situation is and how important it is that the American public receives good, valuable, actionable, correct information, why are you still working to solidify their monopoly rather than pulling people to different platforms? Honestly. There is no argument to be made in favor of staying on the legacy social media platforms unless you are using those platforms to build your other platforms. If you're, if every YouTube video you make, you're saying, hey guys, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be on YouTube. I'm probably going to say something that gets me banned. So I need you to follow me on Rumble or Gab or Getter or whatever it is. That's a good use, maybe. Still not necessarily justifying it, but at least you're doing something to let people know, hey, you can find me here. You can reach me here. But moving completely onto the new platform is what gets people to follow you, okay? Your real audience will type in the name of a different website because they really value your content. Have some faith in yourselves. They will follow you. Are you scared that they don't? Is that what it's really about? That is what it's really about, isn't it? The attention will go down. The money will go down. And things are hard enough as it is, right? But consider it this way. You are operating on a platform that you know is trying to sabotage you, okay? It doesn't want you to be effective at your job. Will they change the numbers? on you. Yes, they will. I just experienced this last week or two weeks ago with Spotify. Now they say it's a mistake. They haven't explained how the mistake happened, but I had one of my best weeks ever on the podcast a few weeks ago. And then a week later, my audience dropped off by like 40 or 50% out of nowhere. Continuous growth since like February. And then just... gone and anchor corrected it but they haven't told me what went wrong they haven't told me why it happened but that sort of thing is demoralizing you're like wait a second did i say something wrong like maybe i'm just maybe the whole show is just on the wrong path maybe i had one good little hit right there and now people are just not on board anymore Well, thankfully, it turns out that's not true, and this week has been excellent. And by the way, thank you to Patel Patriot for having me on his show last night. We had another great conversation on there. I'll have the links up for it later. And he helped me pump the show out, as he always does. He's just a really supportive dude, and I really appreciate him. But getting your numbers slashed is demoralizing. It is. Thinking that your show might not be as popular as it is is demoralizing. They can mess with your numbers. How do you know that they're not already demoralizing you? How do you know that you're getting paid what you're supposed to be getting paid? You look at a bunch of numbers, you think, oh, that seems right. That's an abstraction. How do you know it's right? You have no idea. You know that the platform is trying to censor you. You know that they're trying to sabotage you. You know that they are working in direct contradiction. To your own most deeply held principles about what this country should be, about what human morality is, about free speech, you wouldn't be allowed to stay on the platforms if you weren't benefiting them, period. Okay, have some faith in yourself. The new platforms, your ideas might be so good and so valuable. I'm talking to the content creators now. But your ideas might be good enough that your audience will triple somewhere else. You don't know how the other platforms work because you haven't tried them. You're staying on a platform that you know censors you and that you know can silence you at any minute. Why are you subjecting yourself to that? Now, I'm sorry to go on this long rant, but I really do care about this. I really, really do. Man, people have got to start fortifying themselves on other platforms right now you are subjecting yourself to the adults in the room, deciding all the other adults in the room need earmuffs from your content. And you know that they can do it. You just convince yourself that they're not doing it already, that they're not doing it right now, except they are. And they're doing it to you, too. Now. Now. I was listening to some of my own show yesterday, and I realized that I said Stuart Morey was the general manager for the Houston Rockets before. His name is Daryl Morey. I think that I was actually thinking of someone I must have gone to school with or something like that, because that name is in my head for some reason. But his name's not Stuart. And I know you don't care, but I like to be accurate. Now, I could talk and I thought about talking today about the, uh, the hearings with Mark Milley and Lloyd Austin, and CENTCOM Marine General uh, Frank McKenzie, they were in front of the Senate yesterday, the House today, and assuming that what we can see is representative of what the situation is, which is a you know, 50-50 proposition at best, all three of these men look like incompetent traders who are happy to throw the fake president under the bus. And we might be inclined to think that all of that plays to our benefit. I'm not certain that it does. Uh, Taking Joe Biden out has been kind of obvious for the last, I don't know, what is it, six weeks or so that we've been talking about and dealing with. The Afghanistan stuff as one of the major issues in the news, the media coverage signaled right away that there was an attempt to pin this on Joe Biden while leaving the situation on the ground in Afghanistan so precarious that the military industrial complex would have a justification for staying there for the foreseeable future, maybe forever. Afghanistan is the central hub of the military industrial complexes. Fraud, really money laundering, fraud, all these schemes around the world, just money moving in and out of Afghanistan. No accountability whatsoever, no accountability on the military people there. Just one giant black hole of corruption. That's how Afghanistan looks to me. I think that I am reasonably accurate. In interpreting it that way. If you read Michael Flynn's contributions to the Afghanistan papers, it becomes pretty clear that that's the case. And in these hearings, you can see that these military industrial complex people want to stay there, okay? And they wanted to stay there. They are very carefully and very craftily undermining. Joe Biden, undermining Joe Biden is not a big task because Joe Biden is an incompetent fool who has no idea what's going on. Even Nancy Pelosi came out and admitted that Barack Obama was running things yesterday. So undermining him is not a big deal. The question is, why are they doing it? To what end? And then how much are the people questioning them playing along with that goal in mind? I am as ashamed of the fact that Joe Biden is pretending to represent the United States of America as anyone. I would love to see him no longer doing that. But what I don't want to see is the military industrial complex taking him down over his incompetence in Afghanistan and having him replaced with another tool of global communism and corruption like Kamala Harris or Hillary Clinton, and then having the military-industrial complex get right back into Afghanistan because that new fake president decides we have all of these new strategic goals that can be met by increasing our footprint in Afghanistan. That's what I don't want to see. So I am not like all on board with the takedown of Joe Biden on this basis. okay? Joe Biden needs to be taken down because he himself is corrupt, because he himself is compromised, because that is all proven on his son's laptop and because Joe Biden did not win the election. All right. Joe Biden needs to be taken down for that stuff, not for Afghanistan. And he definitely doesn't need to be taken down for Afghanistan to the military industrial complex's benefit. All of that is secondary to the real reasons why Joe Biden needs to not be fake president. The attack point there is his illegitimacy, not this Afghanistan stuff. This seems like a sideshow to that. And I'm not saying that what happened in Afghanistan is a sideshow. Okay, I am not trying to be disrespectful to those soldiers in any way whatsoever. I think Joe Biden should be taken out for his incompetence. But I also think that the people testifying who are undermining him in their testimony also need to be taken out for that incompetence every bit as much. And I don't want to see any of it. Twisted and used to extend another military occupation in Afghanistan. I hope that makes sense. It is good to be very hesitant with these situations when you see Fox News finally being on our side, right? Central narrative is the central narrative is the central narrative. Fox News is the central narrative. They're slightly on one side. CNN and MSNBC are slightly on another side. They're appealing to two different demographics of people who we pretend are the two sides, the two real different parties. They are not, okay? The two different parties are people addicted to the central narrative and people not addicted to the central narrative who are actually able to witness the reality of what's happening, okay? Fox keeps people addicted to the central narrative. That's their goal. Fox may well be doing the bidding of the military-industrial complex. Getting on Fox's side on that issue does not help us achieve our goal. It helps Fox achieve Fox's goal. Okay. Now, all of that said, I obviously still understand the value in people understanding the situation and the conversation around the situation. I have posted a bunch of clips of the testimony into the information stream. Many of those are from the awesome uh, Midnight Rider channel. Carly Bon, I think is her name or Bonnie. I don't know how to say it. I'm not saying it any certain way out of disrespect. She is awesome. Such a valuable content provider on telegram. It basically gives you everything you need to see out of the central narrative on any given day. Cause she just, it has all the clips from like cable news and mainstream publications. Super, super helpful. So if she ever hears this, thank you. But, those clips are up. Give them a look. But you got to remember, as I often say with the media stuff, the fake news media doesn't tell you the truth sometimes. They tell you the story that helps them all the time. All right? They are the state media, they are the mouthpiece. For the enemy. Okay? You got to understand that. I'm not saying every single person associated with Fox News is the enemy. I'm not saying that. You know, I still maintain some hope that Tucker Carlson will wake up and do the job he imagines he's doing. Okay? Because I don't think Tucker's a bad guy. I just don't think he's getting the job done. But the fake news media, they have needs. They have motivations. They are fulfilling those motivations. Their motivation is not to help you or to help the cause. If that was their motivation, they'd have been talking about election fraud the whole time. Okay. so don't just suddenly jump on to their point of view when it seems like it agrees with yours. And that same principle applies to a bunch of these senators and congressmen who are questioning. Secretary Austin, General McKenzie and. Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. You can't trust either side in this exchange. So observe the exchange. Keep the information in your head and then see how it maps onto the real world and how it applies to future situations. Try to keep the motivations of all these people in mind. It matters. But this whole thing, as I said, is kind of a sideshow. The real issue this week is. The debt ceiling. Tomorrow night at midnight, we hit the debt ceiling. According to Janet Yellen, on October 18th, the country, the government, their government will run out of money. That's a big deal, right? The full faith and credit of the United States. Well, on the war room last week, Boris Epstein made a great point. And that great point was the full faith and credit of the United States is us. Okay, it's the people's willingness to accept these debts as ours and work to pay them off. Okay, that's not the goal of the people trying to extend us this money. They're not trying to help us. They're not trying to make the United States successful. They're trying to put the United States permanently in debt. They're trying to eliminate people's freedom. That's what happens. They're not just simply taking the money and spending it on things we need. They're taking the money and spending it explicitly on things we know we don't need. It's things they need. They need to pay the NGOs to undermine our country. For instance, by bringing in all of these illegal immigrants through the southern border. Who's helping to do that? Non-governmental organizations. That's who, okay? The money that gets sent to the border doesn't go to ICE so that they can do their job. doesn't go to Border Patrol so they can do their job. It goes to NGOs so that those NGOs can facilitate the illegal immigration. Oh, the NGOs are just there to make sure that the migrants are sheltered and fed and that there are facilities for them. Medical care. We're pretending that all of these people are actually seeking asylum from wars, that they are legitimate refugees. They're not. They're financial migrants. They're about to send out. Six billion dollars to help out sixty five thousand Afghan migrants as they get resettled in the United States. It's nearly one hundred thousand dollars a person. Where's my hundred thousand dollars, U.S. government? I mean you took my job right you destroyed my industry communist governor gavin newsom snap of a finger oh my industry's gone where's my hundred thousand dollars u.s government nah, i'm just kidding they would never do that but you give it to an ngo and they're going to use ten thousand dollars of that to help the migrant and then the other ninety thousand dollars well that goes wherever it needs to go because we got plans for that money And that's what these spending packages are. We're being told that there's $1.2 trillion for infrastructure. Then there's another $3.5 trillion for other infrastructure. But most of it, of course, is human infrastructure. And only 11% of it actually goes to physical infrastructure. So we're talking about nearly $5 trillion and 11% of it goes to infrastructure. Well, how much is 11%? Oh, it's about $550 billion out of $5 trillion that goes to the thing we're being told is being helped by all that money. Except that leaves us with about $4.5 trillion that is not going to that thing. So where in the world is $4.5 trillion going. That by itself is more money than the federal government collects in taxes every year. Okay, Every year they collect, you know, I think it's roughly three trillion dollars in taxes, three and a half trillion, something like that. We're about to commit to spending more than that for infrastructure on stuff that is not infrastructure. And most of it will just be payments to NGOs. But that's not all. Betsy McCoy, writes in uh, the New York Post last night, billions hidden in three point five trillion dollar bill to tilt election scale. Got that. They need to tilt the election scale because the cheating in 2020. Well, that didn't quite do it. If they did their job correctly. Well, we wouldn't know about how much they cheated. The Democrats three and a half trillion dollar social engineering bill pushed by President Biden and Nancy Pelosi is called Build Back Better. It should be called building a political scam. Actually, it should be called global communism. Build back better is not Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi's idea. That is just global communism. That is Klaus Schwab's idea. That is an idea and a phrase being used by multiple other nations right now who are all trying to do the same thing. How is this tricking anyone? Buried in the 2,465 pages are numerous billion-dollar grants to unnamed community organizations for vague purposes, like promoting, quote, community engagement, providing, quote, support and advice, and, quote, creating equitable civic infrastructure. What does that mean? Well, who knows? Translation. Your taxpayer dollars will fund the payrolls of left-wing advocacy groups between elections. In return, they will become the campaign army staffing phone banks, harvesting ballots, and escorting people to the polls on election day. Isn't that great? This is just like what Happy Faces did in Georgia under Stacey Abrams' command. They staffed all the election workers at all the polling centers. And it's so shocking when they do that, that elections are defrauded. Isn't that a mystery? So what they are doing, admitting it right there, it's in the bill. They are going to take American taxpayer dollars and hire communists to run our elections. We are going to pay for the defrauding of our own elections again. The Build Back Better bill is pouring tens of billions of dollars, an unprecedented amount, into community organizations. That's because congressional Democrats failed to ram through the two voting bills, H.R. 1 and H.R. 4. That would change election rules to favor their party. Build Back Better is the party's best shot at gaining an electoral advantage. The bill not only bankrolls nonprofit community organizations, it enhances their clout by allowing them to hand out billions of dollars in seed money for local business startups. In a new twist, the Small Business Administration is distributing huge sums to nonprofits that will serve as incubators, dispersing funding to startup businesses in, quote, underserved areas. Curiously, the SBA already has regional offices across the United States to help startups and could distribute the funds itself, but instead... It is empowering nonprofits by making them the middlemen. Amazing, isn't it? What a great idea. Put a communist organization in between the organizations we already have set up to create the goal. And those communist organizations will do the thing we want to do for them, and they will be paid handsomely with American taxpayer dollars to do it. Isn't that great? Now the whole country will just be Black Lives Matter over and over and over again. And Black Lives Matter will get to decide what small businesses get to start because it's about equitable treatment. 90% of startups fail. There is no riskier place to put taxpayer money, yet the bill establishes no standards for which businesses get funding, except that they have to be majority owned by members of quote, underrepresented communities, end quote including residents of high-poverty areas and the formerly incarcerated. One thing they can't have is a track record. If they've been in business for five years, they're ineligible. From an economic point of view, it's taxpayer money down a rat hole. Clearly, the goal is political. It's vote-buying. All in all, nonprofits are eligible for as much as $90 billion to support their own activities or disseminate to PALS under this bill, almost equivalent to the entire budget of the state of Florida. Historically, political machines that doled out benefits in exchange for votes were local, as in 19th century Boston, New York and Kansas City. All there is to it, explained Kansas City boss James Pendergast, is, quote, doing things for people. Then later on, they'll do things for you. Oh, you mean like a quid pro quo. So Joe Biden's fake administration is creating quid pro quos using American taxpayer money to get people's votes in return. And he's doing this by creating community organizations that will fund startups run by felons. Got that? Does that make sense? Does that sound like good, sound government? That's what you're getting. Remember, the adults are in the room. The community organizer who became president, Barack Obama, was a master at machine politics. The Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, outsourced the important job of health plan enrollment to community organizations, handsomely funding them and entrusting them to register people to vote at the same time. Obamacare turned community organizations into a fifth estate with government funding, but without government rules. Isn't that incredible? Non-governmental organizations now do all the jobs that the global communists and the Democrat Communist Party and the Uniparty desire. They send the money to the non-governmental organization. The non-governmental organization then filters that money to other organizations, alleviating the accountability of the Congress in spending that money in the first place and the accountability for where that money ultimately ends up. It's kind of like the fungibility of the money when we talk about Planned Parenthood. Oh, the law says we can't use taxpayer funding for abortions. Oh, well, then you're in luck because Planned Parenthood does all of these other things. So that's what the money's going for. None of it goes for abortion. Yes, Planned Parenthood is primarily an abortion place, but it does other stuff. So the money can't be used for abortions. It goes to the other stuff. Same thing here. The money is fungible. They give the money out. It goes to non-governmental organizations. And then, hey, who knows what they do with it? We are in a situation where we would actually have to pass a bill right now to say that government money should not go to defrauding elections. That's where we are right now. Taxpayer money is being used to to ensure that taxpayers have no say in the outcome of elections. Now, Build Back Better is funding an even wider array of organizations. It allocates a whopping $5.7 billion for community-led projects to stabilize neighborhoods. Translation, rallies and legal action to stop gentrification and, quote, displacement. Odd, isn't it, that The Democrat Communist Party is so against gentrification for a while. And then once they take over that neighborhood, they gentrify the whole damn thing. It's not constitutional conservatives and MAGA folks out there trying to make the entire world look like the Google campus. There's also $5 billion for climate justice block grants to pay community organizations for, among other things, quote, facilitating engagement of disadvantaged communities in state and federal processes. Translation, organizing protests and demanding seats on zoning boards. Hundreds of millions of dollars target the higher mortality rates for black women giving birth. But even on such a serious issue, the bill requires community-based organizations get priority over accredited medical centers, teaching hospitals, and schools of nursing. Politics first. For every left-wing community organization, there's a grant in Build Back Better. The causes range from growing and diversifying the doula workforce to anti-discrimination and bias training. Republicans used to laugh about Obama's work experience as a community organizer. But if Build Back Better is passed, Democrats will have the last laugh, shoveling big money into leftist community organizations to tilt the scale against a fair two-party system. These people are not messing around, honestly. These bills cannot pass. The debt ceiling cannot be raised. War Room is all over this, getting people to flood the offices of Republican congressmen and senators with phone calls telling them that they will be voted out of office if they even consider passing this nonsense. Now, will Mitch McConnell become the traitor that he is once again and help the Democrats out, throw them a lifeline? Well, maybe he will. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. Nancy Pelosi would not be freaking out the way she is if she thought she was going to win. It sounds a whole lot like she's going to lose. Check out this little clip. It's not about a dollar amount. The dollar amount, as the president said, is zero. This bill will be paid for. It's about what are the values that we share and how we prioritize them. And that is the place that we will go. The dollar amount will be zero. We just heard about billions of dollars going to community organizations to accomplish nothing but the advancement of global communism in the United States. But don't worry, it actually costs zero dollars. And they're saying this because they have devised ways that they plan to pay for it. Jack Posobiec had a great point this morning. He said, well, if it costs zero dollars, why do you need to raise the debt ceiling? That is a wonderful question. I would love an answer to it. It seems like the government shutdown is coming. And who knows when people like Nancy Pelosi are going to be able to open it up again, because it's gotten to the point where we can see that the only point of all this spending is payoffs. It's money laundering. They're just sending money out to their friends to keep helping this regime stay in power, keep its illegitimate hold on power. She's looking at the American public and telling them that five trillion dollars is actually zero dollars. Now, aren't you glad you took your earmuffs off for that? I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Mast and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator. You can join the discussion at t.me slash I'm reasonable. I'm also on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'm your moderator dot dot com. And the merch site is cancel dot com. You can also go direct to that at shop.spreadshirt.com cancel dash couture. I'll see you next time. Out on the rain.